I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this extended interview with Jen. She's going to tell us how to build a location-independent business with a nomadic team. Hey Jen, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. Why did you choose to create a nomadic business and to create a team that's also nomadic? I think it's powered by two things. One is we live in a world where there's just in technologies like Slack that makes it so, for the most part, effortless and, and easy on time to be able to communicate cross regions. Before Slack and other tools came along, it probably was unreasonable. So now with technology, we can. The second part is when you look at the cost and overhead of your business, um, staffing is probably a pretty significant part. And I am based and live in a city where it's multiples more than other metropolis, whether that's from office spend to payroll. And so from a financial perspective, I wanted to see if there were ways to be able to work with team members all around the world so then it's financially more viable. And I'd actually say the last one, a third one, is when you have team members sitting in different parts of the world working in different time zones, they're just dialed into a different kind of thinking and even set of resources. And so you essentially have people working with you and for you 24-7. It's not a 24-7 yet. They they need to rest. But, But truly, there are. I've also met other entrepreneurs who've set it up that way, where they literally have team members across the time zones. And so as the day moves past, someone somewhere is always working. And that's a heck of a competitive advantage to run fast. What is the first step you need to do in order to prepare your business to become location independent? I think the nature of your business and the business model really matters. So if you're a brick and mortar, if you're high inventory, if you are an offline business, even if it's an online business that requires offline support and logistics, that isn't as nomadic or location independent in its business model. Um, and some teams prefer to touch and feel and being able to build something that they can see. Whereas if it's a business that genuinely, if you were to close your eyes, get on a plane for 16 hours and it doesn't stop and it still runs, then that's a good enough criteria to be location independent. Um, Those are usually always the ones that are toughest to build um, in terms of margins and um, finding the right audience. Uh, Because it is so nomadic, likelihood is there's a lot of other teams doing it. It's highly competitive. Um, But that would be a criteria that I'd think about before even. um, At the end of the day, you shouldn't be building a business to be location independent, but you can be location independent based on the business that you build. How do you build the perfect nomadic team? I don't think we've we've figured out perfection, so to speak. <laughs> still, it's still trial and error. It's still experimenting. But definitely a big part of it is personality types at the core. There will be individuals and candidates who feel connected and feel productive when they get in-person feedback. And these are things that you can interview for and and create a profile for your ideal candidate. But those are not individuals who would feel supported 
um, if they were just working on their own computer sitting somewhere by themselves all day. Whereas there are candidates who prefer that kind of working style. They feel they can be more focused, um, they're less bothered, and um, they prefer themselves being location independent. And so hiring the wrong person and putting it into this kind of configuration can also create a lot of tension for the team. So screening for those elements would be quite important. What services or resources do you use to make your life easier as a location independent boss? Yeah, so our team, as I said, definitely um, Slack for communication, Trello for Trello and Jira and a bunch of other um, uh, tool managements to um, actually organize work and prioritize work without talking about what we're working on next necessarily. But in the tech space, of course, like agile the management is really important to keep teams um, motivated. And then I think just even having cadence. So cadence on whether it's weekly or weekly meetings as a team, as one-on-one, figuring out cadence for communication. So some folks would feel stressed out if you message them after a certain time. They might feel like they need to address whatever you're saying right away when it's just about clearing that, hey, I just happened to catch up on emails at 9 p.m. So if I'm messaging you at that time, it's not that I need you to do something. It's just my time to get through um, the backlog. It's also even cadence on how do you share criticism and feedback at a distance. We always forget that when we sit in a room with our manager and they're serving that feedback, it's, it's easier to understand because there's no room for miscommunication. You see that person's facial expression, their body language, the tonal, the diction, it's all there. But when it's at a distance, that's been a really hard part. It's how do you serve that feedback via text or a message or an email while still communicating that body language and facial expression um, that inherently at a distance you don't get? So I think that there's a book called Radical, Can- Radical Candor written by an ex-Google um, product manager. That's just been like an eye-opening exercise on running remote teams and sharing feedback, um, which again, I'm still learning and trying myself. So how should one start to automate their business? Find a tech partner who is 10 times smarter than you, <laughs> who isn't shy of calling out all the gaps that are completely manual or human dependent. Um, and then this is without getting into the philosophy of human versus robots, it's just op- optimizing time so that you can use your time to do more of other things. The danger in this question is that you, you shouldn't be, the goal shouldn't ever be location independent. It's the business model that will enable location independent to be a format in which you run your business. Because then you start meeting folks who almost just change the way they do things in order to be able to get on a plane and do it from Bali or do it from Thailand. And there are folks who do that, but it's more because they were already doing a job or a career or a company that just allowed them to be in those configurations. Can you give us at least one tip on how to present your business to an investor? Um, there's one site started by my friend uh, Alex Jarvis. I think it's called 50 Folds, so five zero Folds. If you go on there, you would see every single pitch deck that has ever pretty much been presented and raised incredible money for. Again, 
raising capital isn't necessarily the end game here, nor is that the benchmark of success. But you do need to learn the craft of how to tell the story of your company. And it's, it goes so much more beyond the pretty graphics and following a template of the decks. It's being able to communicate the essence of what your company is about through those few pages. And if you can do it in one page or two page, that goes to show that you just know your business that much more. And I used to, at the beginning of it, we had a huge document. It was very colorful. And I just realized the more I actually need to explain something, the less I myself know about what I'm talking about. Someone on the other side, the investors only have so much time on their, on, on their day. If they can't get the essence of why what you're working on is epic in two minutes, they're not going to have the attention span to give you the money to pursue that. And so the more time an entrepreneur spends on building that deck and getting feedback and getting it tired apart and shrinking and shrinking it is actually a really good exercise for the entrepreneur to get clear on what the heck are they even building. Yeah, just pretend like you're about to go into Shark Tank. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that's how it's going to go. <laughs> and, and it's totally okay in the beginning to have a really long deck or have this really long rhetoric about what you're doing. And the elevator pitch is like a 15-minute discussion. I get it. Most of us probably were confused and thought we had to do everything and anything and, and, the, and going through that process, it's not just about raising money and, and finding investors. It's actually just getting internal alignment on what you're building and getting the team to feel just as clear. So I, I can't stress that process enough. And, and resources like 50 Folds will at least, at least give you a library of seeing how other teams have distilled to their concepts. And they're now, you know, widely used apps like Uber and Airbnb that we all take for granted and seeing how they thought about it in the beginning. Thank you so much, Jen, for all of these incredible tips that you gave us. I really appreciate it. Thanks. I hope it's helpful for somebody somewhere. (laughs) Well, it's been helpful for me, so. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Live. I'll talk to you soon.